everyone, and welcome back to Spontaneous Rambles, the podcast where we come up with spicy conversations on topics pertaining to today's culture and society. I'm Natalie. And I'm Aryan. And today's episode is going to be focusing on cancel culture. I know I talked, like, promised this episode a long time ago, and we're finally back from hiatus to bring you this episode. Alrighty, so starting on cancel culture... I guess we really can't have like a discussion on cancel culture without defining our, uh, I guess, words or terms. So according to dictionary.com, cancel culture refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support or canceling public figures and companies after they've done or said something considered objectionable or offensive. More context, cancel culture is generally discussed as being performed on social media or in the form of group shaming. And most people, I would say, already know what cancel culture is. But I think uh, most of today's discussion is going to be about why it's important, um, also if it's warranted in the first place, and if there are any solutions. So- like, honestly, oh, to a lot of people, such a sign of the times, because, like, cancel culture seems to be, like, one of the byproducts of, like, the pervasiveness. Pervasiveness, is that even a word? I think so um technology of like into our like everyday lives and like the blending of like our internet lives and then like our life outside of the internet which is like very true what defines our culture that's really true because i've noticed like a lot of people they'll get canceled on social media and like stuff will happen online because people are willing to say things to people online but then i feel like like again like people feel scared to like represent their own opinions and like tell other people about their own opinions out loud but generally people face less reprisal for that compared to when people upload things on social media oh yeah but like people on the internet can hide behind like this like blanket of like anonymity is that yeah anonymity but like when you're a celebrity and you have like a platform attached to your like brand of like you as a celebrity like it's not anonymous anymore so, like, people are connecting, like, the person in real life to the person on the internet. That's true. And I don't want to get too into this, but there's also a lot of, like, virtue signaling involved as well. Because, for example, some corporations, and this happens a lot in today's age, if they don't do something that's, I guess, um, I guess political or just extremely inclusive at a point at which, like, you know, th- these people are obviously like this corporation's obviously not like against anything or like being discriminatory, but still that corporation still has to do those things in order to be considered okay in society, which I find very objectionable and just messed up. Bro, legit, like the rise of virtual signaling screams, like it's like leads people into like performative activism. Like high key, I see people talking about performative activism all the time. But it's like, why do you think are they doing that? Yeah, exactly. And I think this is a little bit rare, but I have seen corporations, for example, during LGBTQ month, like Pride month, you know, a bunch of corporations, um, they'll uh, have like a symbol of like, you know, the flag, and that's pretty cool. But then there'll always be this one organization who forgets to do that or something, or they don't do it. And it's like a big organization, for example, let's just say it was, I don't know, Amazon. And then it'll be a huge deal. And then next thing you know, Amazon or whoever got whoever got canceled has to make a new logo. And fun fact, that actually did happen to Amazon's logo, 
where people interpreted it as a Hitler mustache thing and it got canceled. I don't know. Sometimes, like, as a more humorous take on this, honestly, I just, I feel like people don't have anything to do and they're just kind of bored. So they just decide to, like, go on Twitter and, like, go and blast people. And there's, like, kind of, it becomes more pointless, I guess. It loses its, like, any meaning that it might have. But yeah. Yeah, and I feel like nowadays, uh, like many people are scared of posting their own opinion on social media or telling their friends about their own thoughts and fear that they could face social backlash. I mean, I I think this is so important in today's world as this social media backlash can be extremely serious. I mean, people have lost their jobs and sometimes families, friends, just because of cancel culture. And I mean, again, cancel culture, again, it depends on what your opinion is. But canceling socially, I guess, um, outing other people just because you disagree with them. And I think most people can agree on this is just low-key messed up. Yeah, so I don't think politics should be affecting people's daily lives. Yeah, like we see, okay, here's, here's like a really good example, right? So we see people on like the left and the right that have simple like really like trivial issues with their neighbor down the road just because they have a Trump or a Biden sign in front of their yard. We as a country, I feel, have become more divided than even, and maybe this is wrong of me to say, but just my opinion, since even the civil rights movement, I mean, even during the civil rights movement, a large percentage of the people in the North and even a minority of people, not even a minority, not, not even a minority, I'd say a majority of people. There was in the no South, North in the civil rights movement, but okay. No, there was the North because most of the segregation at that time occurred in the South. Segregation is completely outlawed in the North. Yeah, so my my point being that politics shouldn't be affecting people's daily lives. And the fact that our country has gotten more divisive than ever, I mean, it's just unfortunate. And social media, narratives, media, everything's just playing its role in that. I think that's what happens when you start defining yourself by your views. Like, when you define yourself by your, like, social justice causes or, like, your political stance, then it starts, then when you see someone else in an opposing stance to yours that you deem as kind of wrong, then you ultimately, then you're going to, like, assume that they're not a good person, I guess. I don't know. Like, Heike, I I feel like before I take a stand on anything, I have to do a lot of research. And then, like, Heike, when people, I keep saying Heike, I'm, the valley girl is coming through. But... <laughs> Like, when people ask me if I have a stand on something, I just, I have no idea what to say because, like, if I haven't researched it enough, I don't want to just, like, blindly take a stance and then, like, it's not, like, actually indicative of what my real views are, but, you know. So, I, so there are a lot of people that have been canceled uh, because of cancel culture. I mean, some people, like, for example, Gina Carano, Ellen DeGeneres, J.K. Rowling, Shane Dawson, Chris Pratt, like, the list could go on, right? And, Generally, my perspective on this tends to be that we should look at the facts before canceling people, regardless of if we agree or disagree with them on basic things. And also the fact that some of these people have actually done messed up things. I mean, um, if you look at, I don't know, like even, you know, David Dobrik, right? He got caught on video doing some really messed up things with uh, minors. And these things are obviously caught on a video, right? And we recently started a question segment for the show. So this kind of leads me into my first question for Natalie, Ooh. which is that a lot of these people 
have done messed up things. And some people would also argue that they deserve to be canceled. So do you think that canceling an individual can be warranted if that individual, for example, is against like basic human rights, breaks a law or is like is an extremist? Mm, like if if like cancel culture is if like canceling someone's like justified yeah at certain points yeah um hmm. like to me it kind of depends basic human rights like if they're like say they're for example just take their um justifying genocide or something like i feel like that shouldn't be handled on social media like if they're justifying genocide like isn't that something that they need to handle like outside of social media like obviously use social media to bring awareness to that person and maybe like if they're they have a lot of influence on other people then that platform shouldn't be given to them so like you should you i don't like using the word cancel culture to define like you you know the taking away that person's platform because like i don't view cancel culture as like a positive thing so like i think it's something else more like people should like report their account or something i don't know <laughs> But, like, I wouldn't say canceling, though, because, like, I don't think bandwagon hate does anything productive, but more like that person's platform should just be, like, taken away. I'll, I'll give you, like, a scenario, right? It's, like, okay. just completely, like, aside from, like, Twitter and Instagram. For example, like, a coworker like, tells his other, like, friend at his job that, you know what, I, I really like Trump. And his friend just happens, his friend and the rest of the corporation tends to support Biden. Um... And let's just say that this person supports really radical right-wing extremist views, right? right? That could like hurt other people. Yeah. Or like hurt other people's feelings, not actually physically. So would you say that it's warranted for the boss to fire that person because of their political views? Even if it's like right-wing extremist, like white supremacist. I think it, mm, yeah, honestly. But to me, it kind of depends on, like, how they, like, use it. Like, I'm sure if you're a right supremacist, like, you could say that even if they don't explicitly um, voice their views all the time, like, the way they treat other people will, like, the way their views influence how they treat other people will come through, right? Like, if he's a radical white, like, right white supremacist and, like, some, like, a black guy comes in with a resume trying to apply for a job, he's probably not going to give him the job, right? Like, I would say that if he's an extremist in that sort of way, his beliefs will like leak into the way that he like in like interacts with other people so he's not fit for a leadership position that's a good point okay i have my first question do you think cancel culture started out good before it turned bad over time uh i would say the majority of cancel culture i mean we could go back like all the way back to like at least in my recollection of when cancel culture started and that was like, for example, wars or like take 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 like the Revolutionary War as an example, right? A lot of families were split. Even the Civil War, the American yeah, Civil War, families were split in uh, which like side to support, and entire families got split up. So, in my opinion, cancel culture was never a good thing, especially when it came to politics. Um, again in today's day and age at least in the western world we've come to an understanding in which what's okay and what's unreasonable right that's why we have like the first amendment freedom of speech yeah. so i think we've come to a decent understanding at which 
we are able to um, understand other people's opinions, though I do feel like it's getting worse. And that's where it becomes a constitutional issue on whether or not an employer can fire someone for their speech. Mm, interesting. Oh, yeah. On the subject of like um, people's like speech and like kind of like back to what you were saying about like white extremists. Interesting is that like the um, if you are familiar with the Westboro Baptist Church, which it's not even a church at this point, it's basically just a hate group, but like <laughs> they won a case against this, like in that went to like one of the higher courts because um, they, they, the court said that their speech, even though it was like, they were bashing on, um, they crashed like a dead veteran's funeral. Anyway, yeah, that's beside the point. And then they said that, um, that was like constitutionally protected free speech so yeah I, I actually have a friend his name his instagram handle is the korean conservative and he yes. recently and again I, I don't know if this is true because again i've only heard one side of the story so far but according to him he says that he was he his he got removed from his job he got fired from his job because his employers found his instagram page and because he was conservative so and again, this guy, he's going to be lawyering up. He's going to be, he's going to try to sue these people. But that also raises another question. And this isn't my question for you, but uh, just, just generally, like how does a fired employee like prove in a court of law that the reason their employer fired them was because of a political reason? I mean, that employer could think of any reason and the employer would just get away with it. Dude, that reminds me so much. This is like kind of dumb, but this reminds me so much of our moot court case because they removed her from student government because of what she said. Anyway, <laughs> like I guess in that specific situation, because I mean, it is a real case. Like, so she did sue for a similar kind of thing is that um, they explicitly brought up like her post or like her speech. Her post is irrelevant, but like they brought up her speech when telling her that she got that punishment so like if the fact that for example this guy who got fired from his job got fired because of his political views if he could ex like say that like his employers explicitly mentioned his political views when firing him then i guess that could be like a connection there but yeah like you never really know people's motives for doing things so it's hard to like get in a court of law because if it's not like explicitly stated or like explicitly stated in the case facts very difficult to win mm -hmm. a case true very true okay so i guess my next point is like cancel culture and its attempt at educating people like one thing i've always heard about cancel culture or like people who are like kind of in defense of cancel culture like not like they're saying cancel culture is good but they kind of say like the idea of like social accountability using like bandwagon uh things is like a way to educate people but like i wouldn't say it's education if you're gonna send them death threats and stuff like that like all the like canceling i've seen it's like death threats and like really not helpful things like i think it's when when you're really upset about something that someone did i think it's really difficult to keep a level head and just be like and i need to educate them like obviously when you're angry it's gonna come out yeah, and I feel like most of the people that do get canceled and their canceling is, I guess, warranted, most of these people already know what they're doing is wrong. 
I mean, we could use the David Dobrik example. And then if what Ellen DeGeneres did is actually also true, then we could also use that example. These people already know what they're doing is wrong and yet they continue to do it. I don't know how we can necessarily educate these people because the other people who people say uh, are, I guess we are educated, or excuse me, we are warranted in educating. These people tend to just have opinions that differ from others and don't necessarily be like extremist. Yeah. Definitely, like, interesting thing is, like, I don't want to diminish, like, the thing that the person did that got them canceled and, like, confuse that event with, like, the event of them getting canceled, I guess that makes any sense. So it'd be, like, I understand why people would be angry at them. But, like, I don't know if canceling is, like, the right, like, mode of action. Because, like, obviously, like, you, if the person did something really, really bad, like, you'd want them to, you know get suffer the consequences of their actions and like I get that people are angry at like what that person did and stuff like that and that's where cancel culture comes from I think cancel culture is like a low to 13 year olds on twitter who like don't know what they're saying that's like, true it's very true like lots of people like I think uh, there's some people who are like I think the more educated people would choose to not participate in cancel culture do 12 and 13 year olds even like go on twitter like all the people i know in high school don't really use twitter no genuinely like like if you look at some people's like bios they put they put like what year they're born or whatever and i get so scared when i see like kids who are born in 07 on twitter i'm like oh no absolutely not Alrighty. um so i'm gonna go on to question number two so Natalie, have you ever been too scared to speak about uh, speak up about something or post your own opinion on social media because you were scared of social backlash? No. Like, <laughs> I would just, just say no, to be honest, because one, I don't think I hold enough controversial opinions to get myself fully canceled on the internet. Two, I don't have any social leverage to like have that happen to me. And also, actually, I would say I don't hold my personal, my personal beliefs aren't like too far off the accepted social deviant um, or political. Yeah. But like, not to say that I formed those beliefs like around what other people told me to believe, but just like me personally, I'm not too far off. Actually, I was just about to talk about that. Speaking of like social. Oh, if you don't count me getting canceled by people at church, but that doesn't count. <laughs> you're gonna have to explain that story later but yeah I mean like when people at church ask me what I believe I just like kind of like I don't know I don't know I I live under a rock I'm a caveman today but yeah (laughs) honestly and I I, I'll go back to the social deviant point you made I really like well not necessarily agree but like I understand what you're trying to say because in my opinion, cancel culture also depends on where you live. Because again, like if you're a celebrity, then that probably wouldn't really matter because you have such a like large demographic, probably national demographic. Mm-hmm. But if you live in like California or for example, in Oklahoma, those two places think like, like complete in, in, in complete opposite ways. Yeah. They have different values, different beliefs, different systems of belief. So if you go to high school in California and post beliefs that you had when you were living in Oklahoma, the response you're going to get is very different from if it was the other way around. Definitely. 
it's interesting to me how like how much people's like beliefs are shaped by like where they're from also an interesting thing is like I feel like a lot of people who are like way off of the like accepted social deviant is like are like people who like don't literally give a flying frick at all like they are they feel completely free to blast whatever they want on the internet because at this point they're kind of just done with it I think like, like as in cancel cancelers yeah no like getting canceled like there's you know how you're saying that like some people are afraid of posting their things on the internet because they're afraid that they're gonna get canceled there's some people who are like way like like i said way far off like the ex quote unquote accepted belief and then they just they don't care at all so then they just they just say whatever they want because like getting canceled is not a threat to them that's true that's very true like, that's how Donald Trump is able to say what he wants. He doesn't care about cancer culture. He just goes off. That's true as well. I mean, the media is literally his best friend. <laughs> like, those people view cancer culture as, like, I'm getting free attention. And my message is getting out there. So, whatever. I guess. Not to say that's, like, a positive or negative thing. I think it's interesting to not be ruled by, like, the fear of people on the internet. But at the same time, I feel like those people may actually get canceled for a reason like sometimes you're not saying good things so yeah i mean and if you look at and i don't want to deviate too far but if you look at a place like britain or england or whatever sorry if i messed it up but if you look at that country and you look at piers morgan talking about Meghan markle and then getting canceled for it to be fair he did walk out but then he got canceled for it after on social media i mean that is very different if you look at the same thing happening in the United States because over there they don't have a first amendment over there uh, Piers Morgan gets investigated by some and I don't remember the name of the organization by but by some government agency that like like just assesses whether or not someone's speech about another person on national television is like warranted or if it's legit or if it's defamation but I feel like as a country we're so lucky to have the first amendment and I think that's the purpose as well of today's, I guess, uh, podcast, because I feel like so much of our First Amendment and our rights are being taken away in the moment at which we are scared to post our own opinions in fear of social backlash. Definitely. But I think social backlash is very contained to like your spot, like where you're living or like where you're located. Right. Like just like you said, with the California and Oklahoma situation. Like, say I'm a Mormon in Utah, and I'm going to post my Mormon beliefs, like, conservative Mormon beliefs in Utah. Everyone would probably be like, and great, she's just, like, another person. But then if I posted it in California, there you go, backlash. So I think it's very much so, like, contained to the region kind of thing. Yeah, usually you'd see these things happening in, like, third world countries. Like, people, like, argue. Yeah. Like, for example, if... If you look at a country like, and this is just from my own personal experience, if you look at a country like India or even parts of like West Africa, those countries have, are are like really jam-packed places, but have like a lot of different beliefs. So over there, like these things always happen. But I feel like us as a country, like the United States, we have so many different cultures that I feel like this shouldn't ever be an issue, yet it is. Yeah, I think I've talked a lot about this, but, like, I think diversity is not only diversity in things like race and, like, sexual orientation, but also diversity in belief, because, like, the more that you're, like, the 
the like the the more that we're less homogenous wow what the heck that didn't make any sense the less homogenous that we become the like more different like all of our like own personal morals and beliefs are probably going to become so i think it's interesting that cancel culture manifests itself in a place like the united states once again where we claim we want diversity but diversity isn't always welcome I really like the point that you made on diversity of thought. I mean, that's such a good, like, that's, that's like a really good point. Because I feel like everyone here just talks about diversity. And this is just my opinion. Again, like, I can understand if people disagree with this. But, uh, but I feel like a lot of people talk about diversity all the time. They talk about diversity of race, diversity of sexuality, but they always seem to forget diversity of thought. And I'm not going to go into too much depth about this. But I've also, like, like, ha- been in a situation in which I'm an Indian American, a brown Indian American talking with uh, other, like, I guess, minorities in America, in which they automatically assume that I believe something. And my beliefs get roasted, quite literally roasted right in front of my face. And I can't say anything out loud, because I'm scared that I'll get canceled. I think it's also interesting how much that this like, mindset of like, um, social uh what's it called like social approval like the approval of other people manifests itself in our generation like our generation prides itself i think at least from what i've seen on the internet in being more unconventional and like you know breaking stereotypes and previous boundaries we seem to be confined by like social approval of like our peers which is interesting to me at least like i feel like the previous generations who like our generation seems to claim that are kind of stuck in their ways don't seem to be as confined by such social boundaries as us because like we claim to be breaking like societal stereotypes and things like that but then we still like seek validation from other people for our beliefs and things Mm -hmm. like that true and i like how we did not even get to like half of our points (laughs) let's just do four questions you can go okay yeah i'll just okay next question why is cancel culture so effective I think cancel culture is so effective because people on social media, especially those really bright and colorful infographics you see, tend to have misinformation on them most of the time or have information without a supported context in which people just believe what they want to believe on social media. And I'm sorry to say, but Instagram's, specifically Instagram's fact checkers aren't that accurate all the time. A lot of these posts seem to go unnoticed and eventually people start believing them, keep reposting them. And you have a whole crowd of people that are canceling a person for for like a belief in which they didn't even know this person until like two days ago. But they only know about it because some random person posted it on social media. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see how like social media has turned into the choice uh, news outlet uh which is um questionable for many reasons but um wait going back to like regional regional differences and stuff i think it's interesting how people pander to people of similar like belief systems like on social media people group with people who have similar beliefs to them right so like the liberals will continue to like group with other liberals and they'll like to you to spread news that is like biased towards them same with the conservatives or like even with other groups like anti-vaxxers like anti-vaxxers will group with anti-vaxxers on social media 
like the more that we group of people who are similar to us once again lacking diversity in thought I think you kind of just build up your own point of view without looking at other people's point of views but just to remind you I think the uh the victims in all this is obviously Americans but I think these like I guess not the criminal but the person who's allowing and facilitating this to happen is social media companies not only do they um i guess when you click on a post not only do they recommend you more posts about that thing which i've actually noticed a lot because i follow like you know i'll I'll follow three conservative accounts next thing i know i have some random right-wing fascist being recommended to me and i'm like what (laughs) but yeah like social media companies are like so complacent in this and they facilitate canceling and again i mean it's underneath the constitution i guess it it is supported underneath the first amendment dude it's such a spectrum though like even you could say like oh yeah i'm a right winger oh i'm a left winger but just because you're a left winger doesn't mean you're going to be like a radical same with being a right just because you're a right winger doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a white supremacist like i don't know i like will like like one like post on like I don't know, being more eco-friendly or something. And then I'll literally get like radical environmentalists on it next. And I'm like, oh, gone too far. The algorithm has targeted me, but you know. And it's interesting how the algorithm is going to target people who are impressionable. Like, I'm not to say that I'm above that, obviously, because like, I'm just as impressionable as anybody else. But it's scary how social media is like, use dominate, like is being like use is being dominated by like younger and younger people and like the fact that like this is what they're getting themselves into it's like gonna be very interesting at least how like it's gonna shape like younger younger quote-unquote I'm pretty young but like you know (laughs) people's like um thinking and stuff since if all all the beliefs that you ever knew are from social media it's interesting how you, like the end product of your beliefs will be. Yeah, I'm very, very careful about what I follow on social media ever since that, that example happened. Like if it, let's say I follow like Fox News or something on the right, I'll immediately follow like New York Times. It, it's just a weird thing. Like I feel like I have to do that just so I know that I'm not getting pushed onto one side way too far like if you just go to my instagram account you'll see that i follow cnn i follow probably like a bunch of left-wing news services just because i'm scared that like i i get biased news sources and sometimes they do tend to be false information all righty guys well that's it for today's episode Uh, i hope you guys enjoyed as always feedback and your responses and opinions are always welcome Feel free to add to the conversation. See you next week. See you guys next week.